I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. Hello, my name is Mark Machado. I'm an old Priorian, and the school have asked me to talk to a number of successful other old Priorians to find out how they became a success in their chosen career paths. Today, I'm very happy and privileged and lucky to be joined by Angela McHale. Angela, would you like to tell us what you do? Hello. Yes, um, I'm an actor and a voiceover artist, and I'm also a communications coach which means I help people with conversations that they have in the workplace um, using sort of theatre techniques to build confidence. That, that sounds quite fascinating. So how, <laughs> how did you get into, into that kind of field? Well, it started with the acting. Um, I, after St Benedict's, I went to university and although I didn't study theatre, I did a politics degree, um, but at Warwick, which is where I was, it was brilliant theatre societies. And I did a, a number of plays and realised that I really loved it and decided to chance my arm and apply for drama school, thinking that I probably wouldn't get in, but uh, I managed to get in eventually. And um, and then I became an actor. And really, I, I sort of combined the two things together because I started doing a lot of temping in between acting jobs in places like banks and law firms and I watched how well and how badly some people communicated and managed others and so that kind of piqued my interest and so I ended up with this sort of dual career you know occasionally doing telework or theatre work and and then started to to help people improve the way that they either did interviews or had conversations and it's kind of grown from there. Brilliant. Uh, let's let's talk about the acting first because there's a lot to go out over there. Uh, so, did you do drama at, at A level at the school, or was it straight no. in the first bit of drama at, at uni? Yeah, I I didn't do drama. I mean, I would have loved to have studied drama. I must confess, I, I'm sure my parents won't mind me saying this. They really didn't encourage me to do drama, particularly. I remember a big argument at home when I was doing my um, sort of O-level choices and I really wanted to do drama, but it was drama or physics. And I was quite mathsy and um, 
my parents were like, you know, drama's a hobby, drama's a hobby. So I was persuaded to stick to the more traditional subjects. Um, and then for A-levels, I did maths, economics and English. And then I went to university. And all all the while, I tried to be in school plays and get involved. And, and when I went to uni, yeah, it was all about doing as much drama as possible as a, as a hobby. So I, I really didn't take a decision to make it my profession until I was through university. Uh, and then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to follow my dreams here because you only live once. And that's when I decided I was going to have a go at making a career of 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 the performing arts. So, so when you've made that decision, what, what's your next step? Then you have to try and go and get an agent or? Yeah, um, I mean, I did go to an accredited, what they call an accredited drama school, which is there's a sort of conference of drama schools. And if you go to an accredited drama school, on graduation, a few things happen. One is that you, uh, like many drama schools, you get to do a showcase. And the second thing is you get a equity card. You get a, a sort of provisional membership. That enables you to work, or it did then. I think these days equity doesn't necessarily have quite the same hold. But in those in those days... Uh, you had to have an equity card in order to get a job. So I managed to get an agent from the um, showcase and then I had my my equity number ready. And so the first job you get then turns your provisional membership into a permanent membership. And then and then you're away, then you're off blocks at least. Um, so, so what kind of acting work have you done then over the years? I've done quite a lot of <laughs> different things. Um, a lot of... Um, I did a lot of plays on the London Fringe when I when I graduated from drama school. Uh, I did a TIE tour. TIE is Theatre in Education, and, and I recommend anyone to, to have a go at it because it's really hard work, but it's brilliant fun. It's basically you and your um, fellow actors in a van every morning driving to sort of places all around the M25 with your with your set in the back and you perform to schools and uh, the plays are usually around something to do with the curriculum. I think ours was about dental hygiene or something hilarious. Um, it's absolutely shattering work, but my goodness, you really know how to hold an audience. If you could hold an audience of primary school children sort of day in, day out. So I did that. I've done a, a, a long tour of a, a really lovely play called love me slender um, which was all around the UK, and then I, and then I've done quite a bit of telly work over the years, um, sketch shows mainly. I love comedy, so I was lucky enough to to get a few nice breaks working with Catherine Tate and then Lee Mack, who I I still work with when I can. So yeah, a variety of things, and then the usual smattering of you know EastEnders, um, Coronation Street, Doctors. I was on Grange Hill for quite a while before it finished. I like to think that was nothing to do with me. Um, but yeah, was you that know, when it was up in Liverpool or when it was in? No, it was, it was it was still down in Elstree. Yeah, um, it was great fun and not too bad to travel either. <laughs> yeah, I just realised we're talking about it, but most young people won't actually know what Grange Hill is, will they? No, no, you're right because it. Uh, I can't remember when it stopped. But probably, it, probably in the nineties, it stopped. It was um, an institution, though, wasn't it? It was such a... Yeah. You'd come home, you, you'd, you'd watch Newsround, then Grange Hall, and then Neighbours, and that was your evening, wasn't it? That was your evening, exactly. I still remember that sort of guitar riff, that kind of... Someone plays that to me, I'm immediately transported back in time. Yeah, it was yeah. good fun. 
Uh, what was it like being on the set of Coronation Street and EastEnders? And... Coronation Street was really interesting. I remember, fe- I mean, I grew up, my parents, that was the soap that we watched. We didn't really watch EastEnders um, because my mum's my mom's a northerner, so I think she used to love um, Coronation Street and my grandma used to watch it as well. And I felt, I, I remember feeling really excited getting the train up to Manchester Um and it was it was brilliant. Um, we were on set for a bit, and then we were on location. Um, and so, you know, people would be coming up to all of the regular stars and asking for autographs. And people didn't know who I was. They asked for my autograph. They still probably didn't know who I was, but that was fine. I was just quite excited to be part of this tradition. Um, yeah, and the and the crew were lovely, and the regulars were so nice. Um, EastEnders was a bit different. We were all on set. It was a little bit more isolated. Um, and obviously the fans weren't, you know, couldn't see anything. So you, you don't get that buzz that you get in Coronation Street where you sort of know that you're in a national institution because there are so many people stopping and staring at you. Um, I've been in EastEnders twice. I was a midwife once and then a detective um, on a murder case because obviously no no minor crime happens in EastEnders. No, no. It's major. Um, but yeah, really good fun both times. But I think Coronation Street felt a little bit more special somehow. Oh wow! Um, and and can we talk about the comedy stuff you've done? Because that's probably what you're most well known for. How did your work with Catherine Tate and Lee Mack come about? Well, I I've been at university with an actor called Julian Reintut, and he was at drama school with Catherine. Um. So he sort of, he introduced us and we just got on really well immediately. It was like instantaneous click and we both made each other laugh a lot. And so we became really firm friends in our 20s. Um, and yeah, sort of had daydreams of writing stuff together. We 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 organised to write together, to write sketches and we'd probably eat more pizza than actually what we put on the page. Um, but we came up with a few ideas and, and then she decided to do stand-up um, which was very brave of her. I did a stand-up course, but I just bottled out. I just found stand-up so terrifying. Um, and then she got commissioned, her show got commissioned. And so she asked me to be in it. I had to audition um, with the lovely Jeffrey Perkins, who um, who was our producer, and, and so got a part. And so all of these things that we'd imagined she actually made happen and and her writing was brilliant so was Darren her writing partner he was fantastic and so yeah we did three series of that and I that was just such an exciting thing to be part of particularly from the beginning when you know the first day you're filming and you think well this could flop this could be a success who knows we were all pretty unknown you know yeah um and it was just wonderful to see to see it take off and to watch her success and have a, have a tiny part in that was was just brilliant. It was great. What drew you to comedy? Because you, you've done quite a bit of it. Um, I think, I mean, it's probably the old cliche answer of, you know, I was always quite good at impressions. And uh, at school, I was always. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I guess drawn to making people laugh. I mean, because, you know, laughter is, you know, who wouldn't want laughter in their lives? Um, And so, yeah, and I think a lot of the actors I admired when I was growing up were good at at the the hard stuff, the drama, but also were brilliant at humour. You know, I was a mad Victoria Wood fan, Julie Walters, all of those people that I thought were just so talented. And I think the best actors are the people that can make you laugh one minute and then be really truthful the next. Um, And I was always drawn to that sort of acting and that that, that sort of drama. You know, I'd seek out um, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, just... I guess partly luck as well. You know, you're just drawn to other people that like the same things as you. And I guess that's how I got really friendly with Catherine. Um, And that got me the work. And then Catherine then introduced me to Lee. We used to go to the Edinburgh Festival a lot, Catherine and I, and watch watch comedians and watch people in plays. Um, And yeah, Lee was up doing something and she introduced me to him. And then a few years later, she couldn't do something that he wanted her to do and, and... so he asked me, he said, do you want to be in a radio show with me? So we did three series of his of his show where I was his sidekick. Oh, brilliant. And, um, yeah, I, so I played his sidekick and, and we had um, one comedian come on every week and one singer. And so the four of us would do this sketch that Lee wrote and it was just great fun. Um, yeah, so uh, those big significant jobs in my life, really. Yeah. And do you do a lot of comedy writing yourself? Because you mentioned you, were, you do some writing. I don't do as much as I would like to do. I'm always embarrassed about showing anyone my my work. But um, what I love is improvisation. So I find myself, that's where I'm I'm most comfortable. And actually, I do incorporate quite a lot of comedy in my corporate work, um, you know, making films, uh, training films and doing live theatre um, as part of corporate training is something I'm really comfortable with. But, but yeah, I, I kind of realise that sometimes when you work with really successful people, it can be intimidating. So, you know, I'll, I'll leave the, 
I'll leave the TV writing to people like Lee um, and, and do my own version in a slight, for a slightly smaller audience. Um, but yeah, I think one of my ambitions would be to, to be to write a play. I better get on with it, hadn't I? Well, you know, there's, there's never a better time than now, is there? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did your time at St. Benedict's inspire, has it, that inspired any comedy or, or writings of yours? Oh, no question. No question. We had this fantastic drama teacher called John Moore. And um, so even though I wasn't studying drama, you know, obviously having um, having the access to to be in a school play was regardless of what, whether you were studying drama or not, which was brilliant. And um, and yeah, and I remember playing Mrs. Drudge in The Real Inspector Hound um, and just I mean, that was a really funny part. And I just relished every moment um, of trying to make that funny. Um, I, then I was in Midsummer Night's Dream and I, I don't think I can't remember now I don't think I had a funny part um but wherever I could I tried to make a part slightly more amusing than it was meant to be I remember it yeah um you know I do remember that but yeah St Benedict's was great because the theatre was so great and everyone was enthusiastic and um it was a kind of whole can-do kind of vibe so you felt really welcome and you know much more willing to take risks I think than perhaps other schools might have been yeah, you've you've also got a, a career as a communications coach. How did that kind of come about, and what does that, you, you know, can, can you go into a bit more detail about what exactly that is? Yeah, sure. So, um, part of being an actor is trying to scrabble together enough money between really poorly paid um, theatre work, and so what I ended up doing was a lot of temping in in the city, um, in banks and law firms and places, and I found myself quite interested in the way that people responded differently to different bosses. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd rotate in a, in one building and realise that the team dynamics were really different in different places. And you think, well, this is one place. Why is this team really motivated? Why is this team not? Why does this team hate their manager? Why does this team love their manager? And a lot of what it was about was ultimately the way that people communicated, the way that people felt welcome or motivated was all about whether people were kind to them and clear and delegated well and gave them feedback and made them feel good about their contribution. And I found myself really intrigued by all of that. And, and then I found a company that, that used actors in training. And so I applied. And because of my acting ability, if you like, my ability to flex what I'm doing and become slightly different people, um, they were luckily really interested in using me to help people with challenging conversations and interviews and so I had to I had to become a kind of um a law partner who was really difficult to impress for example um and then give someone feedback about how assertive they were able to be and all of that work grew and grew and and I ended up being a director of a company called Steps which is a it's a global training company um and I I did that alongside my acting work basically which was quite a busy decade but yeah. it really built my skills and now I run my own consultancy with my my business partner Tim um and yeah we do a lot of work helping people become better at being clear being kind being credible in whatever circumstance whether it's managing a team of people giving feedback or whether it's doing a presentation most of the time people feel that they they could be even better uh, and mean more more purposeful so we we help them with that um a lot of it's mindset but a lot of it are the techniques you learn in theater around being clear breathing well 
you know, being clear about what your objective is and your purpose. All of these things actually are quite translatable from the business, from the theatre world to the business world. That That's really interesting, isn't it? Because, um, it, you know, you're talking there about kind of transferable skills, skills you learn as an actor that you can transfer across to the corporate world, which is... Mm. Which is, you know, quite, you know, something that people talk about when you're when you're in the process of leaving school or or as a student. But it's very difficult to actually visualize how it works. But that's a great example of that, isn't it? It is, and it is really difficult because I think, again, you know, with each decade, a whole new tranche of jobs kind of come out of nowhere. And I don't think people used actors like that in industry until well after I left school. I mean, it literally didn't exist. Um, And so when I joined Steps in, when was it, sort of 93, it was really new. Um, And now, uh, you know, I go into UBS Bank or Deutsche Bank or I, you know, one of my clients is the Bank of England. And I'm, I'm using a lot of my skills in these environments, in institutions that would never have used actors 20 years ago. Uh, but they do now, which is great. Have you got any tips? You know, if, if someone's listened to this and they want to be a bit more assertive and they want to be, you know, I, I suppose what you what you what you're trying to do is instill confidence in people, right? Oh, off, off the top of my head, I think. Well, one thing is to think about. Um, there's a couple of things. If you're going for an interview, um, it's a bit like casting. Try and think to yourself: What is my focus? What five adjectives? Would I like that person to describe me as? And really pinpoint some words, whether it's informative, whether it's confident, whether it's kind or clear. Have in your mind a short list, because if you have that, then you have a goal. And once you've, once you've really got your goal in mind, it's much easier to become those words. If you don't really know what your outcome is going to be in their minds, then you'll, you'll never get there. And that would be one big tip. Um, the other tip is around, you know, if you're managing somebody and you need to give feedback, again, put yourself in their shoes. How would you like to receive some developmental feedback? And don't do the classic sort of what they call the, you know, what sandwich. Yeah. Try and think, you know, what helps the person is usually an example of what they've done and the impact. Never forget the impact. And then talk about what you want them to do differently. Don't just say that was rubbish, do it again, because that doesn't give anyone any guidance, really. That doesn't really help them improve. It just makes them feel a bit crappy. Um, Those are my two big tips for personal impact and, and, yeah, management. I will definitely be taking those tips on board. (laughs) Thank you. Have you got any projects we could be looking forward to? Well, I'm, I regularly work. I'm, I regularly work with Lee Mack on his um, sitcom. And uh, annoyingly, what isolation has done is has shelved. That we, we would we every year we we read the new scripts in front of a live audience to see what gets the laughs. And he's he's a brilliant writer because he he literally will snip out the stuff that doesn't get a laugh he's brutal um which is why i guess his show is so popular so we were due to do some live read throughs at the tabard theater which is my local theater in chiswick it's now called the chiswick playhouse um and that's been shelved so i'm really looking forward to the new dates coming through um so that's that's my next acting job um and my next corporate job um i've got two in the pipeline one is 
we're doing some training for Eurostar, but of course they aren't operating at the moment. So that will be happening hopefully in September. And we're doing a video for Marie Curie, which is a wonderful, wonderful charity. So um, Tim and I are making a, a training video to help people who are bereavement volunteers, who listen to people that um, have lost someone. And um, it's it's a really amazing skill, listening. So we're helping them with their, with their training. So I've got a few things that should be happening soon once isolation is over. Yeah, wow. Um, two final questions uh, before I let you go. What advice, if you could go back and talk to your 18-year-old self, would you give yourself? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, I think I'd say you are just as qualified as anyone else to try and follow your dreams. Because I very nearly didn't apply for drama school because I didn't think that I was going to be good enough. I kind of had an idea that there's some sort of magical quality that's required that I assumed I didn't have. And I didn't apply for drama school until a woman um, that I now I know applied and got in and I thought, oh, well, maybe I could have a go. So I suppose I'd say to my 18-year-old self, you have got what it takes, um, which might have encouraged me to be a little bit braver and a yeah. bit more confident a bit earlier. I think I didn't get my confidence until I was well into my 20s, really. Um, so that's probably what I'd say to my 18-year-old self. Have And have a go. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to try and follow your dreams, really, because um, I think people are happiest when they're working on things that they really enjoy. Yeah, I personally, I don't know how people live with themselves if they haven't tried it. At least, you know, try and fail, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, when you when you get to my age and you, you I mean, it's it sounds like a cliche, but I guess it's a cliche because it, it is really true, is that you, you never regret having a go at things. You only ever regret the times that you chickened out. And final question, how are you coping with isolation? Well, uh, ups and downs, really. I mean, at the beginning, was um, it was definitely challenging because we just watched work just disappearing and dates being cancelled. And, um, you know, I run a business and, I, you know, I, have a, I need my income. Um, and then I think as the sun came out, my mood changed and I kept thinking, OK, well, this is the new normal. So now we're actually in quite a groove. We, my husband and I take a child each and cook in turns every day. And the sun's out and um, I'm living a little bit more simply and I'm no longer as stressed as I was. So, yeah, it's, it's all right, you know. You sound like you've absolutely nailed it. <laughs> well, I think I feel, you know, genuinely I feel really lucky. You know, I'm not on the front line. None of my close relatives at least as far as i know have have got it i don't have to go out and um put myself at risk every day i i have a house i've got a roof over my head i've got a garden small but at least i can see the sky and the trees you know i'm not stuck in a tiny flat ill worrying about people that must be you know much tougher so i think isolation does make you actually frankly very grateful for what you do have and maybe we all need a bit of that sometimes. Here, here. Angela McHale, mm. thank you for joining me. Oh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Mark. And thank you for, for inviting me. I hope I haven't waffled on. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.